It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Dylan. Hey, Matt. So, I mean, I know that we love the spirit season, but we this is the spooky spirit, spirit the season. spooky season. It's alive. And we're starting with a very tame episode of The Twilight Zone to kick yeah, things so, off. Yeah, so funny enough, and I got to bring this up now, and I think it is, uh, it, it's definitely a testament to the kind of shit that we watched during October, because... I'm sitting here watching it with Teddy, and she looks at me and goes, oh, he's Santa. And then she stops, and she looks at me, and she goes, or did he kill Santa? I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, it's not one of those. But it's such a testament to yeah. what like we've talked about, and 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 honestly, where we're going again. Where we're going. So here's later the on this year. So here's the thing that I I'm kind of glad that I that we're doing this episode of the Twilight Zone because hey, I actually think it's a yeah. very good episode of the Twilight. Oh, it's a Zone. great episode. But I also think. That historically, what the Twilight Zone is has changed in the public eye, right? Like, I agree. I used yep. to get very frustrated when they would refer to Black Mirror as like modern Twilight Zone because, in my mind, Black Mirror was way more of a modern Outer Limits. Outer Limits, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and and even like Jordan Peele's version of the Twilight Zone, while even some of it is direct remakes of twilight zone episodes even that has a bit of an outer limits vibe and the it's reason darker. why i the reason why i say that is that somehow in everybody's mind because of like time enough at last and like a handful of these really dour ending twilight zone episodes and don't get me wrong there right. are like i would say maybe half of them really do have these like 
dour endings, there are just as many that are hopeful endings. Even the ones that have creepy shit happening, it's like usually the end message is like, love will bring us together. Like, (laughs) like it's like about like this idea of peace and happiness at its core. Although sometimes it does do like a monsters are due on Maple Street or stuff like that, where it does have this kind of dour ending. It wasn't all dour ending all the time. It wasn't wasn't always horror. And I think everybody associates the Twilight Zone with horror. And it's like, it's like you said, it's what, like what episodes became popular, what part of the Twilight Zone became popular were the I would I would say probably the horror aspects as you said my first experience with the Twilight Zone I didn't even know was the Twilight Zone I first read the story the monsters are due on Maple Street in fourth grade yeah why did they make fourth graders read that dude dude, (laughs) I don't I don't know because you and I have like almost a decade age gap and we both had the same fourth grade experience of having to read the script to the monsters are due on Maple Street (laughs) exactly and nothing in like the anthology said like pulled from a twilight zone like it was literally just titled that it wasn't until many years later that I realized that, oh, this was an episode of The Twilight Zone. So, and I love the story, but it does, it has a darker tone to it. My second experience with The Twilight Zone comes from the Disney kid in me, uh, Disney World, uh, Twilight Zone, The Tower of Terror. Fucking one of my favorite rides of all time. Still is. Um, And I didn't see the movie in in its entire entirety until at least high school um, because the the beginning portion always freaked me out when I was a kid. The Dan Aykroyd want to see a scary face. That thing is scared super the creepy shit yeah. out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and half the time I, I wouldn't even look at the actual face. It was more like the, like my mind plugging in what it was. Like when he says, do you want to see something really scary? And I would usually turn it off, and I wouldn't know what he was showing. But but yeah. in my mind, it was the most horrifying shit. And ever. it's not that scary, like it's not. makeup it's wise. Not. But it is so well done. Like it is such yeah. a well done jump scare. Yep. Yeah. No. It, that's some good shit. Between that and the girl's mouth getting removed, I that hated was the one that the I twi- couldn't do. <laughs> I, I hated the Twilight Zone movie I when still, I was a kid. <laughs> I still hate the girl without her mouth. Like that. Yeah. Is that is one of the most horrific practical effects that I have ever seen in my life? Yeah, for, for, for some, sure, dude. Because she also has the bug eyes. Like it's like they really yep. found a girl to have the perfectly portioned face to make that even more terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving forward from that, honestly, before I had se- I had seen a couple episodes of the original. Like my parents were really big proponents of watching the marathons uh, during the summer holidays, but. I became a lot more obsessed with, and this is more of my age thing, I became a lot more obsessed with the early 2000s iteration of The Twilight Zone, where it was pretty much a horror show. See, Um, I'm trying to think. So my Twilight Zone origin stories are slightly different. Uh, I've talked about this on a podcast. I don't think it was ever this one. (laughs) But there was a TV special on Fox that my mom taped for me. Uh, yeah. In 1994, that was called the Museum of Television and Radio presents science fiction throughout the ages, and it was okay. this two-hour special hosted by William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, Carrie Fisher, 
and Dean Cain, um, just on the just on the heels of Lois and Clark Superman first debuting okay. on television, yeah. um, and they would go through these different segments. So it would be like time travel, and they would do like a whole thing about time travel, and then it would yeah. be like space, the final frontier, and it would be like about space travel, sci-fi, and they they did all these blocks, and then right at the end they did Nightmare Worlds, and it was okay. just about the Twilight Zone. And The Prisoner, like the 60s show The Prisoner. Okay, yeah. And that, like, I was aware of The Twilight Zone. Like, I knew the music. I knew the basic gist of it just through society. But I remember watching that, and they were showing these different, like, they were highlighting specific episodes. So they highlighted, like, the nightmare from 20,000 feet. They Mm -hmm. highlighted the Mm -hmm. after hours where the girl finds out she's actually a mannequin inside the the store yeah yeah but then they did eye of the beholder oh god and that scared me so fucking bad but that was early matt kind of liking being scared so it was like i was like i want more of this so i watched the twilight zone movie i got freaked out by the girl with no mouth for sure (laughs) but then i was growing up again because i was you know about a decade older than you like yeah I was growing up at that prime time where sci-fi played two episodes of Twilight Zone every single night. So yeah. that just became like, oh, I got to watch the Twilight. Like I would put on Sci-Fi Network and watch like two episodes of Twilight Zone every single night to like keep yeah. myself you know, learning that. And then Netflix came around and I could order all the seasons on DVD in the mail. And then I bought yeah. all the DVDs because like I wanted them in my collection. Like mm-hmm. I really love this series and I probably... Let's say like maybe once every five to ten years, I will sit down and just do like a giant from front to back rewatch of the show. And like most of it's good. Season four is really tough to get through. This isn't like something like if you're a diehard Twilight Zone fan, you know this. If you're a casual Twilight Zone fan, you don't know this. The Twilight Zone. Well, actually, we'll start with this. This episode looks very weird. I'm not sure if you noticed that. Yeah, it does. Like it looks weird. That's because the Twilight Zone at the time they wanted to cut costs like uh, CBS wanted to cut costs. Okay. So they made them film six of the episodes on videotape instead of film okay. to see if that would make a big difference. And like, people were like, why do these episodes look so weird? Yeah. So they went back to filming or doing film, but season two and three is when the show really started to pop off. So then CBS said, well, we don't want to just have a half hour of the twilight zone. You need to make hour long episodes. And that's what season four is. It's like a shorter season, but longer episodes. episodes. And just something is lost. There's something about how good these like 25 minute bite size episodes are that when they were stretched to hour long, they're like almost a chore to watch that season. And then the fifth and final season, they went back to the 30 episode format and the fifth season has some of the greatest episodes of the the whole series a lot of what goes into the twilight zone is like i think it loses its luster if you're watching it for too long like i feel like with a lot of the twilight zones and the twists that 25 minutes is absolutely perfect yes when it comes to 50 minutes and plus is tough yeah Um, for sure so i like i said i went into I got obsessed with, like, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, and that's what I wanted from my version of Twilight Zone, which, as you're describing, is not Twilight Zone. Like, it's not always scary. It's not always horror. 
So that's why this I is, became obsessed. This is with... downright heartwarming. Like oh, this yeah, episode 100%. is like is just a feel good Christmas yeah. episode, and that's like, why I got obsessed with like the two thousands remake because it was just spooky horror shit. Not as big of a fan of it as I was. I do like some of the stuff that they did. It only ran for one season, but that's why like when I was a kid, I wasn't super into the original. Um, yeah. Not as much as I am now. And now I'm like, yeah, like hook it to The original just has a fucking great aesthetic, too. There's yeah. just something yeah. about black and white television yep. from like the late 50s that just feels so comforting. Yeah. Even when it's super fucking creepy, it feels like comforting. So I sound like my students here, but I'm like, God, black and white TV just makes me think of Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> but it does. It does. And that and vintage music. There's a, there's a uh, <laughs> YouTube. Sorry. There's a I want to give him a shout out because this happened in my classroom. There is an artist on YouTube that puts together vintage music playlists. His name's Jake Westbrook. Okay. And I was listening to a um, vintage autumn mix. And all of my kids were like, why are we listening to Christmas music? And I'm like... <laughs> This person does not. <laughs> there's nothing Christmassy happening in yeah. these lyrics <laughs> at all. So it does. It just puts you in that mood. And I would say the Night of the Meek, Matt, fantastic choice, dude. Thank you. Loved Thank it. You. It is mind blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. So I don't have a ton of notes for this or even next week's episode, but I have yeah. a lot of thoughts. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I was just yeah, yeah. like I was kind of sucked in, but I first and foremost, we just have to call it out. Um 
one cool, well, one interesting thing is that the Twilight Zone opening credits changed every single season. So, like, the most iconic yeah. version that people remember with, like, the flying doll and the floating eyeball and the door and all the that door. is the last season. So, this yeah. one's, like, just kind of the stars or whatever. But that yeah. theme song and intro narration is still so iconic. Like, it, so it's, iconic, like, dude. so good. I um, just want Rod Sterling to narrate everything oh that God. I do. It's absolutely. <laughs> So the story is simple enough. You've got this mall Santa. It's starting off very bad Santa-esque, right? Mall Santa, alcoholic. But the difference is, you know, in something like bad Santa, he's a piece of shit. Like, he is like a piece of shit. This is just a guy who has seen the worst of the world for so Mm -hmm. long that he just needs to be drunk to get through the day. And I feel like we've all had these Christmases, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, I mean, maybe not like like we're not drowning ourselves in alcohol, but we totally experience like we're trying to keep that spirit alive, but we're both like we're just like fuck, man. This we're sucks. so yeah. We're just destroyed. Yeah. So he goes back to his job at the mall where Piglet from Winnie the Pooh decides yeah. to, <laughs> that because he's drunk, he has to get fired. Yeah. Um, so he stumbles upon a random bag. Yeah. And with a kitty cat on top. And when he pulls things out of the bag, like anything that people wish for, he can pull it out of the bag. Yep. So he starts walking around and giving toys to all these poor kids yeah. on his street that like uh-huh. makes him so sad. And the police are like, he must have stolen things from the department store that he was fired from. Dude, I was like, a cab, like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I was hitting 1959. Fuck these cops, man. Yeah. This guy's an asshole. <laughs> so they so they arrest him and they bring yeah. in the, the manager and then he proves that the bag is magic. They open it and it's just a bunch of old cans and a cat jumps out. But yep. then he's like, well, I want some of the finest whiskey from... Dude, my favorite. That was my favorite line because he's like, all right. I'll tell you what I want, being a smartass. He's yeah. like, I would like a bottle of brandy from 1935. And Santa's eyes light up. He's like, that's a good year. And yeah. like pulls out the bottle. I loved it. Yeah. So good. But then, you know, he's given out all these gifts. And this beautiful, magical moment happens where some guy says, hey, you've given everybody a gift but yourself. Yeah. And he says, the only gift I want is to be able to do this every single year, which is just like, oh. And then yeah. what does he find but an elf, oh my a God. reindeer, and a sleigh? And they're like, all right, Santa, get on the, get yep. on the sleigh. It's that was the moment Teddy was like, oh, my God, he's Santa. Or, or he did he kill, kill Santa? Yeah, this, <laughs> is, this is the Santa cause. This is where they yeah. got... Or the Santa Claus. This is where they got the uh, yeah. the idea. What but happened? Now, the, what? Where's the old Santa? I think was Santa lives Santa? within us. <laughs> yeah. The bag finds a Santa every okay. year, but so this guy was Santa, like, "One year's not enough. I need to do this every year." <laughs> Santa is like Pazuzu from The Exorcist. Yeah, <laughs> what he does is he possesses your body. <laughs> exactly. No, I think you've cracked the code. No, yeah. but it is. It is just. I, I picked this one because I vaguely remembered that the plot line. I didn't fully remember yeah. it, but I'm like, it's October. People associate Twilight Zone with Halloween. Exactly. Let's watch it. And when I was watching it last night, even I was like, I love this. And and I will oh, say phenomenal. this much. The video, the fact that this was shot on videotape, the other five, I find it really distracting. I actually think that it's adds to the charm of this one that it's it shot on the videotape. <laughs> and I need to I need to go ahead and order the DVD set because I would say if you're watching this on Paramount Plus, 
it's almost too clear. Yeah. Did you get the Merry Christmas at the end of it? Um, like, did Rob yeah. Serling say Merry Christmas, everyone? Yeah. So here's a weird thing. The DVDs don't have that. Really? Because after it aired... So the so hold on a second. I will I will read exactly what I I'm like ninety percent sure. Uh, now I'm now I'm thinking maybe I, not. But. I think it did. No, I think the original narration that aired on December twenty third, nineteen sixty, ends with the words "and a merry Christmas to each and all." But that mm-hmm. phrase was deleted in the eighties and excluded from reruns and the VHS releases and the five DVD set, the Twilight Zone, the definitive edition. However. The phrase was heard on the Blu-ray season release of season two, as well as the version that now streams on Netflix. I guess it was streaming at Netflix at that time. Um, But with a noticeably different audio quality from the rest of Sterling's narration at the end. As of the broadcast on MeTV Network on Christmas Day 2019, the last line has been restored into syndication. So yeah, like for some reason... It's a war on Christmas. Yeah, for some reason it aired that year with it. Then when they went to reruns, they're like, well, fuck that shit. I yeah, almost no. wonder... It's happy holidays! No, you know what I honestly think it is? This is going to sound insane. Yeah. I think because it was airing two days before Christmas, they were fine with the Merry Christmas. But once it hit syndication, they're like, well, people are going to be watching this any time of the year during syndication, so we can't be wishing them a Merry Christmas in June. <laughs> So they pulled it, and like people can't. We as a society are so stupid yeah, that we. Just, we <laughs> oh fuck! It's well, December. Fuck, it's, <laughs> it's not Christmas. My TV fucking lied to me. Like, God damn it, Rod Sterling! <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, this entire episode is about fucking Santa Claus. So, what you want to remove is Rod Sterling saying "Merry Christmas." <laughs> this sounds like a fucking urban legend, dude. This sounds like that shit. Remember a couple years ago, or honestly, it's probably like ten years ago. Well, no, like, I know that it's the true Obamas my... won't let them have Christmas yeah. trees at the White House. I'm telling you, my DVD straight up. Like Does the narration just awkwardly cuts. Like he goes, and there's nothing mightier than the meek. And then there's just silence for like three seconds as the camera continues. Like to somebody's pan up. watching the TV and yeah. they're like, and it's like Merry Christmas. Oh fuck, I haven't done any shopping. And then like, <laughs> run outside. It's fucking ninety eight degrees. Oh my god, that is so fun. But you know what? That's the thing that I think is so funny sometimes because like wild because people will make those comments about us doing like an all year round christmas podcast but it's like if you're watching like the non-stop friends binge that happens 24 hours a day like and they air a couple christmas episodes you're not like what is this bullshit (laughs) like turn this shit off (laughs) dude i it takes me back to when they did like remember when fx was like we're doing every episode of The Simpsons. And that was like in March. Yeah. What's the first episode? It's when it's they get Santa's little helper. <laughs> We're watching every Simpsons episode except for the Christmas ones and the Treehouse of Horror ones. And <laughs> it's so weird to me, man. It's so fucking odd to me. Like, if you're doing a binge like that, it's going to be included. And that's fine. Honestly, when I listen to Christmas podcasts, I honestly, and I know people listen to this this way, I usually wait till it gets to November or December, and I kind of binge everything. Yeah. So, no, I mean, exactly. and I, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. We got to get that fucking... <laughs> no, remove it! 
Well, I'll tell <laughs> you what. Tackle I'll, Rod Sterling. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing here, Dylan. Rod Sterling and syndication can't stop me from saying Merry Christmas, Dylan. Merry Christmas, Matt. Whoa, oh, whoa. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 